Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 109. Ain't that fun, Vince? Oh, man. Come Man, yeah, it is fun. What a fun episode, honestly, just to jump right into it. This was, uh, I suspected that it would be really fun, yeah. but it turned out to be so much more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah, we we, we got to the line, we were tall enough uh, to get on the ride, that is Gordy Land, <laughs> aka Eric Gorvin, with a frank and certainly fun discussion about DIY. Do it yourself for those who are acronym illiterate, not illiterate. <laughs> or <laughs> just ac- acronym opposed. Maybe you know what it means, but you just didn't want to listen to it. Uh, yeah, we were talking about DIY, which was something that's very close to Mr. Gordy Land's aesthetic. Uh, he is extremely insightful, but also just wildly charismatic. Yeah. Completely blunt in, in a very charming and interesting way. And he's an open book, which makes him a really interesting conversation. And I know he's a very close personal friend of yours. Absolutely. And someone who I really treasure as an acquaintance. Yeah. So it, it was a super fun and also managed somehow to be insightful. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, I mean, as context, I would go check out his work because his work is, is fun. It can also be serious. But he is a multidisciplinary artist who has had a huge influence on me. It's been so helpful for me. And as we dig into a little bit on the episode, he was also... So, like, going to be the co-host of this show. He was the first. You, him and I were sort of concepting this and very, very early on. And then it was clear, like, that wasn't actually a great fit uh, just project-wise. But, man, in a different life, my friend. In Bizarro World, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm the person on episode 108. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's, yeah. A, there's a ride on, on Gordy Land. And you certainly are not catching the Gordy Land reference, which you probably <laughs> won't get into until the off-topic topic, I would say, on this episode. Yeah. I Stick think, with yeah, it. I Stick with so. it. Stick it out. Yeah, you got this. You'll enjoy it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Eric. And thanks to Death to Stock, which, a lot like Eric Gorman, I think, uh, is finding stock and killing it now it, it is just going against what is maybe the typical it is against the grain it's non-stock it's, it's pioneering it's weird it's fun uh, yeah it is that's true yes and so we like to call death to stock a creative and inspiration haven we uh we provide free photos for people to use however they want and other media we've been expanding into a bunch of different areas Doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I mean, I just got back from Denver. We were shooting another episode of our craft series, of which there will be five total, uh, where we talk with interesting uh, food and beverage folk. We, we talked with uh, American Bartender of the Year, Sean Kenyon of Williams and Graham. S- such a cool conversation. I mean, just, and he comes from a lineage of bartenders. That was like just so cool. It was, it was not unlike the ethos of this show or of the characters we get on here. And we also talked with uh, a gentleman named Jonathan Powers. From, uh, from the restaurant The Populist. It's just like so cool to hear those guys' stories. So anyway, the point is we're making really cool content that we're proud of and uh, it's worth checking out, I think. And you can just find that at deathtothestockphoto.com. Absolutely. The, the content is really good and the philosophy. Content the is king, my dear boy. That's I've heard that before <laughs> somewhere uh, on a fortune cookie, maybe. Um, thank you so much to Death to Stock for all that you do for existing and for <laughs> and for of course sponsoring the show and thank you eric gorvin for one heck of an episode. heck of a ride truly truly uh and then thank you listeners now and always for listening hope you enjoy episode 109 diy 
that old Vincey boy? <laughs> yeah, you know it. That's what's you know up. It, man. Old Vincey right. boy. That's right. How are my friends? Um, I'm better now. Okay, um, Vince? Yeah, Grant. Well, don't... It sounded incredulous. I mean, I, it was a little breakneck. I expected more, like, waffling, more vacillating. Um, I'm more of, like, a pancake boy. <laughs> oh, it's a waffle Actually, joke. I will say... I will say... Actually, two things. I do have two things on this. First, um, I've been listening to the Phil Knight story... Oh yeah. Is that what's it called? Shoe the shoe guy? I don't know. I don't know what it's called. But uh I was just thinking I always think of waffle shoes. You know what I'm talking about? The wafer kind of like and I think of fast running and I think of Nike. So hold on. Let me try to piece this together. When you say Unpack the waffle it. shoe, you mean you mean like the, the, ten, the really light tennis shoes? Well, I just mean the innovation that was happening in... Wait, was it Prefontaine? I feel like it was his coach, probably. Oh, okay. You know, I'm where, starting to, where he I'm starting actually to put up. He actually did put the soles in a waffle iron, I'm pretty sure. And then it was like this super light... See, yes. okay. All right, you think about that. I get you. Okay, so that was the first thing. The second thing I was going to say is I, I love brunch and I love breakfast foods. I never, ever order waffles or pancakes or like anything too sweet like that. I mean, maybe a... Maybe a savory crepe with avocado in the mix, but oh, see that sounds good. Yeah, I'm on the same page. Sometimes I will do only a fruit crepe, like if it's like fresh fruit, because I don't feel like that's too sweet. But that's as sweet as I go. Wow, this has been <laughs> illuminating. I used and to be a breakneck. Is right club. when you said breakneck, you were not overstating. <laughs> Um, speaking of breakneck, speaking of breakneck, Vince, can you tell me what you're working on? What are you putting your time into? Uh, Yeah, sure. Just uh, coming off the long weekend where I didn't work on a whole heck of a lot. I've got a couple personal projects kicking around. Um, Most notably, I'm working on my second article for the Minneapolis Egotist that should be wrapping up relatively soon, Uh, and. we just hired two new people at Yamamoto, a new art director and copywriter team, which is really cool. Do you feel threatened? <laughs> if they knew what they were doing, they would have fired me long ago, Grant. So, har, har, har. I'll get out of here, you old dog. <laughs> hey, Grant. Yeah. I would like to hear more <laughs> thoughts about the waffle shoes, if you have any stored up there. I don't really, but I will say the, the – I was listening to it on a drive to Denver – um, and it's a pretty fascinating story, Phil Knight. He, he like he got pretty into some Eastern philosophies. He like spent some time in Japan. And, I mean, he's done all right for himself, Vince. How about what are you putting your time into? Uh, what am I working on? What am I putting my? Time? I gotta say, I have never, I have never had uh, heard such sound effects from a guest in this in this section of the cast. <laughs> And he'll yeah. remain nameless until we introduce him. But I mean, he is building the anticipation. He's sort of he's he's obviously lighthearted. I've heard a lot of of chuckles, um, but he's also disrespectful, and 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 that won't go uh, unpunished. We'll get to that though. Okay, Ben, did you have any, you had another question? You asked what yeah, I was working yeah. on. Yeah, what are you what are you working on, man? Man, uh, I'm prepping. I got to 
DJ gig tomorrow that I'm super excited about. Um, it's oh, like excellent. a private party rooftop thing. And me and Young, Jonathan Rodriguez, who we will show notes, who did that Lucid show with me, the neon artist. Um, yes. We made this r- kind of ridiculous plexiglass cube, and we just got the – oh, yeah, which you've seen. You saw at the the show that I played. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then they left it up for like well, – <laughs> Forever, yeah. Uh, yes. Well, now we got it uh, – it's got different animation states. Mm. So it's pretty sweet. That sounds really kick-ass. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Um, maybe I'll post a video. I think we're going to do like a time-lapse video or something. Very cool, man. Very, very cool. Wowie. This has uh, been one of the hardier... Uh, what do we call this section? Uh, what, you, <laughs> what are you working on? I think is the official <laughs> title, yeah. TM? Okay. It's been pretty good. Uh, not bad. <laughs> yeah, unorthodox, to be sure. Um, I gotta say, I'm pretty excited about our guest today. Especially because we've mentioned him. He, we have to have show notes to him. I feel like we have All to have times, before. Yes, for sure. Yeah, we've mentioned him several times. We talked about it when uh, in the origin story of the of the cast. Um, he was, I think he was, I mean, he was obviously working with me at the time when we really kind of got this thing going. Um, he's been a long time, a fairly long time friend, collaborator, Brother, taco connoisseur. Uh, in an alternate universe, he's the co-host of the yeah, show. Yeah, in an alternate universe, we, this is our show, and um, I'm the guest. And actually, and this could be a little bit of a, this could be a little bit of a tryout. Depending on how this goes, he might be the new co-host. Yeah, losing my job and my podcasting gig in the same week. Okay, okay, okay. Without further ado, uh, let's welcome. Uh, Mr. Eric Gorvin, a.k.a. Gordyland, hey. uh, artist, uh, current, um, recently, uh, new job, new gig, uh, designer at Girl Skateboards. Skateboard? Skateboards. Is it plural? I think it's skateboards. Skateboard? Or, uh, you know what it is? It's the Girl Skateboard Company. Oh, Girl Skateboard Co. Yeah, that's what it is. Respect. Uh, welcome, yeah. welcome to the show. Well, hey, hey, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate what it. What a treat. Was, you know, I would like to defend myself <laughs> up real quick. And then I thought I was muted that whole time. So I was just like, just in my blinds, yep. like, you know, getting my vibe right. Like, yep. you know, yeah. So Yeah, that's that's our fault. All okay. right. So, so to verify that, the loud ripping slash sanding sound, that was some Venetian That was the blinds. Work. Was it, yeah. yeah. Was that some woodwork? You're, you're building a canoe? Yeah, man. Exactly. You know, I was just busted out the hacksaw, and I was just sort of, you know, figured I'd, I'd fill the time. You know, like, I'm all about just making, do, you know, making uh, just absolute use of all my time. No so. wasted hours. I can, no. I can live with that, man. Yeah, uh, man. Can I do the, the honors of first saying, like, good to talk to you again, man? It's been a long Dude, time. Dude, hey, likewise, man. Like, I'm, I'm honestly... It's an honor to be on the show, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I haven't talked to both of you in the same room in well, I don't know how long, so this is really cool. Two years, um, one month, six days. Wow, he's got the ticker. He's like, <laughs> Grant's got several several tickers <laughs> on there. He's like, I know this shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch out. And you, you're coming <laughs> to us from, I have to assume it's sunny, uh, Los Sun- Angeles. Yes, sunny, pretty sunny, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope to see you out there again soon. Dude, it's been a you got bit. to. I just got a new spot. So oh, it's really exciting. Baby, you got a mm-hmm. couch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm like 
in the market for one, and one of the things that's on my list is that it could host a human being on it. Wow. You know, so. Yeah. so none of those really skinny couches where you like can't sit comfortably on it. Yeah, man, or those IKEA ones that get you with the aesthetics. They're like, oh, look how cool this looks. It's so pretty, and all the designers are like, oh. And then you, but you buy it, and it's just super uncomfortable. You can't sleep on it. You can't sit on it. Mm-hmm. You know, as a futon, it's worthless. Are you, are you talking about the the schlumen? <laughs> it's a fantastic model my personal favorite you definitely want the schlumen man uh, you're gonna want to get the schlumen we'll show notes that uh, and we'll probably we have an affiliate code with Ikea right are they sponsoring the show yet yeah. they will be now we have <laughs> no doubt. Other products uh, hey Eric Gordon, good. Yes. what have you been putting your time into recently what are you working on wow recently um, aside from um, the, my new ventures at Girl which have been very new um, in that I just started there about a month and a half ago. I think I'm in like my sixth week or something. I've really been trying to put my time um, into projects that I like really enjoy, I guess. Like I was a freelancer for a long time and you're sort of like forced to take whatever. And I think that's cool too. You know, it's like cool to scrap, cool to get that, that money and, and do your thing. But since I have a job now that I have to be there every day, I've kind of been like, all right, so like, what is it that I really want to do? Or like, what clients do I really want to like, you know, keep giving time to and and whatnot. So uh, recently, I've been doing work with this uh, artist you might or may not be familiar with uh, named Nash, uh, like spelled like Nash your teeth, like with a G. And uh, he's doing really well. He's got like a international hit and he's just got done touring Europe and now he's doing like a huge tour in the States and he was on Seth Meyers recently. He's killing it. And so, um, I, uh, I'm doing a lot of his like merch and sort of like overall like rollout, like all his like visuals and stuff like that. So doing some work with him. Um, and then on another, on the same kind of level of the spectrum, uh, Mike Posner, who is killing it right now. <clears throat> he has that song, uh, I took a pill and a pizza, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, one, right? yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people don't know. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, so, I really respect you singing a, like an audio aid. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> hey man, you know, if you can, you should, you know, just gotta like add that extra layer. So, so you work with him too then? Yeah. So um, me and him, we're working, we started working together because, uh, we actually finally, after several months, just wrapped his, his poetry book, which is incredible. But I got to design that side by side with him. Weird, um, not weird, like amazing. Awesome. But you, you sort of low key like design, just like artist books. <laughs> yeah. Got, well, wait, I, you, I know yeah. you have that one with Mod Son, right? Yeah. So um, Mod and his. I'm always dreaming. Uh, what was well, he he wrote a book called uh, "Did I Ever Wake Up?" There we go. And I did the layout for that. And that kind of sparked like this whole like era of doing these artist books. And I actually ended up doing a book with Riff Raff, oh, um, which was awesome. Oh, <laughs> it's incredible. Like neon thing? It, neon it vibes. Yes. It's, it's Riff Raff's poetry book, which Amazing. is like mind blowing. <laughs> you got to oh, read damn. it. unreal. It's really amazing. Um, I should probably send you guys one. It's got a, it's got a, um, uh, it's the first time I actually designed Geek Thing that I got to design a lenticular Ooh. cover, right? Which is like the oh. one where you like like those stickers that like you 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 like one way it's like sort of a, holographic dra- a dragon like, and like one way it's a tiger. It. 
Yeah, exactly. It kind yeah. of shifts when you change it's your a char- It's a Charizard, and then he's blowing fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, of yeah. Course, of or the Animorphs, you know? Like, the, no. like you know, you're a human, Wait, and now you're a polar just bear. Series of pictures, right? But some of the special edition ones had the lenticular cover. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps this is a nice time to <laughs> dig a little bit more into it. We're alluding to a lot of the work you do, and I, and I think it uh, it'll be cool to chat a little bit more about your path and mm-hmm. your story and and how you end how you end up designing a, a poetry book for Riff Raff, like where, where that starts, maybe. <laughs> where um, where did where do we go? Yeah, but <clears throat> you know, ever since I've known you, uh, man, I wonder how long I know you. Like maybe five years now. Something like that? Uh, yeah, maybe. A little long. I feel like it's been longer, but like it does. five years is a long time, yeah. I have to remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And we, we met at, at really interesting times in our lives. Like, I feel like I was so, de- you know, of course we all change, but I mean, back back when I met you, I was wearing khakis, tucking my shirt in, <laughs> spiked hair. Oh, those are the days. So, uh, Eric, Eric definitely pushed me artistically, I think, and just like stylistically sure. to kind of get out of my comfort zone, which is awesome. Um, no, but, that was sweet. but since that time, I think something that stood out to me right away, and and it's just big, been so obvious um, in your work and in the way you do things, and and in the way we work together, um, was this uh, DIY attitude. Mm-hmm. It was um, you were always sort of just willing to like literally get your hands dirty. I know you kind of you have like a, a painterly sensibility. You have mm-hmm. a lot of hand styles. Um, but you're always just like willing to do the work and get it done and and especially like learn about it and and mm-hmm. try and have a, a more cohesive or complete understanding of it. When I say it, I mean whatever it is, the project, right. the discipline. And so we are chatting DIY today, which I can't believe we've never covered. Vince and I were like, what? We've never discussed that? But I really think, you know what it was? We were just waiting for you to get on the show, man. We didn't want to blow it on one of our fly-by-night half guests. Yeah, one of those halfies, as we call them. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'm like, I'm honored that I got the DIY section. Yeah, shouts out. Okay, so so perhaps perhaps you can take us back um, a little bit to to where you started, like where you got into art, perhaps, or, you know, have you always been creative, or or where did all this come from? It's kind of funny that it's DIY that we're talking about because now that I'm thinking about it, like you're like, where's Genesis? And I'm like, <clears throat> the first time that I can like really remember doing a graphic design project that was like definitely considered a design project was when we I was 14 and our band had re- had recorded this CD um, and we were like, we really wanted to put it out. And we're like 14, we're in eighth grade, you know? So it's like, we had like, I didn't have Photoshop. I had nothing. I had this like disc maker program where you could like drop text in and pictures and stuff like that. And like, it was like this whole like incredible journey to figure out how like all the materials that I need and like, you know, designing the thing and grabbing the images and picking the fonts and like, like putting it together, putting the actual sticker on the disc, disc, like cutting out the the insert getting the cases and all that stuff and like that being the first thing that i can remember doing it's funny to think that like nothing like not a whole lot has changed in like the process of, (laughs) of like of like if you have to do something you know like you just got to do it. You have to figure it out. So I, I kind of started doing, I started playing around with stuff because I was in bands when I was a kid. And so it was like when 
I, to a certain point, I got Photoshop Elements 3.0, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is sick. Like, I can make anything. And I'm, like, 16 maybe at this time. And then I sort of just sort of transpired through the music and really was driven by the necessity of whatever I was doing in music. So it was kind of like, all right, now we need T-shirts. Well, now I need to figure out – now I need to work with a screen printer, which means I need to learn how that works. How does screen printing work? You know, how does – how do I prepare a file for a screen printer? What matters? Like what are what are file formats and, and all that stuff? So it was like everything up until I went to art school when I was twenty one was all driven by the music. Um, even to I was like eighteen through twenty is when I went on tour for the first time and uh, and and it was right out of high school. Like five days after we graduated, we left on like a three month tour, and so it was just this like crazy life of playing music and booking shows and designing the merch and working with the printers and working with these people and those people. And so like, it was all driven from this place of like, let's do this. Let's make it happen. And people would always be like, how do you do that? How do you just, you know, go on tour? And it was like, you just go do it you figure it out. You know, like get a shirt, sell it to people, get the money, buy more shirts. Simple, you know, to Economics. me. Yeah, exactly. What right? would Phil Knight do? <laughs> um, okay. so like it was all kind of from there though you know genesis is all from the music before i actually went to art school but i think you like really touched on one of the core elements of why your lifestyle is possible and and why it's possible for other people and kind of the core tenet of diy which mm-hmm. is figure it out right. that's that's the core concept right. that's the crux yeah. of everything is <laughs> yeah. being able to learn how to learn how to do things Yes, yes. And that actually, funny enough, is what you just said, learning how to learn. Um, after I had finished art school and I'm now I have like mentees of my own, you know, that, that call me and I, I keep up with this um, girl, uh, Madison Keenan in Chicago. Shouts out Madison, who is an incredible film artist and painter and all this stuff. But, you know, she's always like, you know, what did you get out of art school? How do you feel about this? And how do you feel about that? And when people ask me about what I got out of art school at the end of the day, it was, I learned how to learn and not just like in like the, the simple context. Like I literally learned how it was to, you know, you could, you know, anything that you can think of, you can learn how to do it. You just have to know how to teach yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that is the core of DIY. And that's something that I didn't really realize. I think I was doing the whole time. And I think especially when you go to school, you kind of get washed of like all of your principles for like a few years and you're like, shit, who am I? Um, But you kind of return to that same thing where you're like, damn, like all it really takes is like figure it out. You know, like, are you, you know, okay, you have to screen print. Well, are you just going to be like, well, I don't know how to do it. I'm going to hire this person, waste a bunch of money. No way, dude. Especially coming from Minnesota, I think. And I always talk about that as like a really core feature of of that style is like Minnesotans and Midwesterners in general aren't going to go buy a new coffee table. They're going to repurpose an old one. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to say, Hey, actually this is, this looks beat up, but we could sand it and finish it and it would look cool. You know, I, I feel I think- like an important element of the learning how to learn of the learning of the actually actual uh, process of doing that and, and getting all the way through is kind of like a ship it mentality. You know, yes. we, we say that on the show, and I know yeah, we like, you, joked about that a lot. Yeah, but no, you taught me that phrase. I nice, still use it. Nice, hell yeah. But but it, it is. It's like I think if you have a ship it mentality, it means that you are driven to complete the task or like see it through. 
and you're really just committed. And I, but I feel like when you're driven by that, when you like get a lot of pleasure out of like actually finishing the project, then you are just going to find a way there. I mean, if we think of this as like trying to like go somewhere physically, if you were trying to get somewhere and you knew you had to get there, to let's say save the princess or something you you, you <laughs> figure out a way right you you're just like right I, you liam neeson it you you get there you do whatever it takes and so i feel like when you're willing to do whatever it takes within reason but like then yeah. you will just find a way absolutely yeah exactly it's like uh kind of like fight or flight type thing and i've never really been one for <laughs> fighting so i'm all about <laughs> flying I guess. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this no, is breaking no, down. A I, don't bit. I don't know. No, no, no. So anyway, um, but I, I feel that, and I think that that's kind of followed me into a lot of things because, um, you know, one of the the main things that I think a lot of kids get mixed up when they're trying to learn how to be an artist, how to be a photographer, how to be a designer, a you name it, um, is they get caught up in this whole like, what kind of programs do you use? What is your equipment? like like what is this what is that and it's like that that stuff's all important to know but you're kind of like missing the big picture because you will make it work no matter what so if you have like a you know starter little dslr camera i guarantee you if you are a good photographer you will make that work Mm -hmm. you know and there's nothing there's nothing there's no equipment you can buy to help you become like a better artist and i think that that's like one of the things like um my one of my flagship examples is uh people who are like well you know in order to do proper product photography there's got to be all this stuff there's got to be sick lights there's got to be this huge sweep there's got to be this this and that i'm like yo grab a piece of 24 by 36 white paper or smaller it doesn't matter however big your object is put that thing against the wall table with scotch tape Get in front of some natural light and take a picture with your iPhone and you have great product photography. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you can figure it out. You just have to think around it and you have to be willing to be like, okay, how do I do this? I know I don't have the resources. And as millennials, shit, man, we're all broke. Right. So it's like you can't depend on being like, yeah, the sick, like seven thousand dollar camera and like four thousand dollar light setup to get this perfect shot. It's like. It's not always in the in the cards for you, so you have to figure it out. You know, I mean that's an important that's an important note is like working within constraints and not getting yeah. distracted by what you don't have. I, right, I, I exactly. Mean, fight or flight. If, speaking of fight or flight, like that's what that is. That lizard brain. That like excuse making right. uh, thing. It's like screaming like, "Well, if only I had X, then I'd be good. Right. If only right. I had Y, then I could do it." Nah, mm-hmm. like you're capable. Yeah, you can do it. It's it's a it is feasible. <laughs> Every time it is feasible. You just have to, you know, be willing to learn too. I think that I will keep circling back to that probably for this whole time, but like learning is god, it is just the key, you know. <laughs> it's like that is where it's you got you got to kind of I feel like it's really 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 valuable to get a little bit addicted to learning or oh, yeah. get, get off to learning a bit. Mhm. Yep, like oh man, like what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm going to learn how to, you know, fucking, I don't even know, make my own basketball. You know? Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know how to make my own basketball. <laughs> but I think, okay, okay, hold up, hold up. So, thanks, man. Maybe, maybe this is like a great place to, like, maybe put up some, some very mild pushback because, please, it's, it's, it's not quite right to say, Anything can be achieved in any way 
Like sure. you, you couldn't like make a good basketball like this week. <laughs> right. if you wanted to, you could, <laughs> even if you really, really wanted to, and you really studied hard, you couldn't do it. Right. There's a reason why like good cameras exist, and there's a reason why sure. people specialize. That's kind of not the point of what we're saying, though. What we're saying is, don't let non-existent barriers of your own design get in the way of you Actually. creating something. Yes, precisely. Very well put. I agree because there is, you know. I like used all those photo examples, but it's like, yeah, girl, we have the $4,000 light. We have the $6,000 camera, you know, like every time I take a picture, I look like a God. Like, I'm like, yes, like, <laughs> you know, and it's like that stuff does count. And, um, but it is really about, I think really what it's about too is like, you know, you had alluded to like, you know, what was your journey? Like, how did you get here? And your journey is going to be riddled with all of these weird, um, uh, roadblocks you know that are like the, in that that would you call it lizard brain that's yeah. <laughs> that's saying you can't do this you know you need this you're not going to be able to do that and it's all those things that you have to be like okay no that's not true I can make it work it might not be exactly how I want it but there's I guess there's always a way to adjust it to aesthetically there's so many different approaches mm-hmm. in this world that you could say well I wanted it to look like this but since I can only achieve this I know that this could work really well and it could still I could still pull it off you know I could still make it look cool mm-hmm. so I think that that's like the point is like when you're going through the journey it's like you have to be willing and open minded enough to say it's all good you know I got this I'll figure it out. So, so Mr. Gorvin, mm-hmm. maybe this is going to count as putting you on the spot, but I'll I'll try to do it as gingerly as possible. <laughs> you you mentioned that you learned how to learn in art school, which is something that I think I've heard echoed a lot of times. That people who went to school maybe didn't get exactly what they wanted out of the deal, but right. did take some valuable information away. Mm-hmm. So, to those of us out here, hypothetically, who who may not think they know how to learn. How do you learn? Mm. Like, how do you like? <laughs> what is what is the uh, the mechanics behind learning? Yeah, when when you say you learn how to learn, what is what does that mean? How do you, you know? Learn? I think that actually, I always boil it sort of down to the. Um, I'm kind of like a science nerd, like low key. Like, I think in my bio, I sent it to Grant once. It was like I'm like an uh, amateur tattoo artist and physicist, physicist or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so so oh my God, I always think of. Uh, my learning process, I would boil it down to the scientific method. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, and, and I'm not going to get all these steps right because it's not in front of me and I don't think I like this at all. But it's like, ask a question, right? And then research it. And then um, come up with like a hypothesis of like, how do you think that this would work? Gathering, you know, having gathered all of these like sort of information bits, how do you think it could work? Okay, you got a hypothesis now. Now test that hypothesis and see what works. Now test it again, you know, and use your past testings of other hypotheses and put those into this, right? So you're testing, you're testing, and then you come up with a result and you say, this is great. And then you sort of repeat that, you know, and the more and more you do that, you're going to keep enhancing your own learning experience to now to this point where, if I needed to learn, like, I don't know everything. About, I don't even know anything. I don't know shit about lithograph, right? It sounds like I should know about lithograph printing, but I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I can, but I can guarantee you that all of my combined knowledge from having ran this process on all these other things, like screen printing, I mean, like, I opened my own screen printing studio with somebody, and then I was, like, supervising one. And then I had to do, you know, I worked in, like, a different kind of print shop. And there was, like, there's, like, a lot of other 
information bits that I have used to now, if I were to go learn about lithograph, I'd be like, oh, I get that. I totally get it. It's just like this thing, right? But I think that I always recycle back to that sort of idea of a kind of like a method, a scientific method of just like, like how, you know, gather your information, do some research, and then come up with like a way that you think it's going to work out. And then for me, especially when I'm de- dealing with materials, and this is going, going really DIY, where you have to buy the materials, it's like test that theory on a micro scale. Test it on like, if you're going to build a box that's six feet tall and six feet wide, build that thing six inches with the same material and see how that works and, you know, like make microcosms of your stuff because you'll figure it out right away. Um, But it's all about that sort of like volley of ask a question, try to answer it yourself, ask a question, answer it, ask a question and building kind of a knowledge of it. So then when it's game time and it's like ready to go, you can be like, cool, I got this. Like I've done my tests. I've done my, you know, whatever. I've made my guesses. I think that's a valuable strategy too. And, and I guess I keep thinking about the the lizard brain stuff. There's like the fear, mm-hmm. just the fear. I think um, a lot of people will use um, the grand version of whatever their idea or, or vision is as right. like a, a, an actual roadblock they'll put it in their own way. Because instead of testing on a small scale, which would allow them to get around that roadblock, they just, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, I can't. I can't do right. this because I, I have to make it this big or this big or right. this big. But, and, but if you're willing yeah. to fail and fail early and small, like mm-hmm. there's way more to be had and you can learn a lot quicker. Exactly. And I've always found because, you know, I mean, I come from whatever, like being a broke college kid to being a you know, a graduated college kid that is broke. And then, <laughs> you know, like I'm like done like <laughs> – a good amount of time being broke, you know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, um, in that, those periods of time where I was like sort of destitute for money, it's like, if you wanted to do a project of any kind, the, the money that you're going to spend on that project is really valuable. It's like, you can't afford to buy another piece, you know, of this kind of wood, or you can't, you can't afford to fuck it up in a, in a general sense. So, in, in order to kind of circumvent screwing up your project and wasting all your money, it's like you have to do it on a small level. It's almost like when they tell you, like, all right, use this cleaner on your wood floor, but test it in this little piece of your wood floor first to make sure it doesn't ruin it mm-hmm. so that when you do it on a large scale, you don't ruin your entire floor. You've only ruined this little, like, two-by-two-inch section, you know? And you know, so. you know what this makes me think about a little bit? And I think maybe this can segue us into talking about um, collaboration, which mm. is actually a really huge element, I think, of DIY, Agreed. especially because so much of DIY actually revolves around um, seeking out knowledgeable people and right. experts in whatever and collaborating. But um, one thing I think that people don't do enough of is – just actually just writing and it doesn't have to mm. always be writing but it could be sketching i know you're a huge sketcher writer mm-hmm. or whatever. but but really thinking through a project an idea a whatever and mm-hmm. even if you like i feel like most times when i'm approaching people to collaborate on something um obviously i'm leaving space for them and for their ideas but i feel like i've really done my own like soul searching or my own homework on it in mm-hmm. that i'll just free write all the way through like what I think the thing is. Yes. And then you can discover so many little elements of it. And it, it really helps for me solidify my vision, which then helps me 
communicate way better with the people I'm trying, yes. to, I'm trying to work with. And and then it gives us something that we're working toward instead of like, you know, it's like gravity. We talk about that a lot. It's like we have some, we now have some sort of frame of reference. But okay, maybe you can talk, yes. talk a little bit about your collaborative process just because I, I found you to be a really, really strong collaborator. Mm-hmm. And obviously just the people you're working with, I think that's obviously just a requirement. Right. Uh, you know, for you to have worked with Riff Raff, with Matsan, with these guys, like mm-hmm. you have to be a, a good, reliable collaborator. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's like, yeah, that's, yeah, you just, you hit it on the head a bunch there. Um, you know, like, we'll drop, we'll drop in a, we'll drop in a hammer closer. sound effect there. <laughs> oh my God. So, so yeah, I think that, uh, you know, collaborating and and especially as it as it relates to DIY and you were talking about the sketching process um I've recently been thinking a lot about this because a lot of people get really distracted um in any case even not in a collaboration with this final idea type thing where they're like it's gotta look like this and it's like did you ever think about how you're gonna get there did you give it one thought about like what the road looked like you just like saw the the horizon and that was it like you think you're just gonna go there like it's not gonna work right and there's gonna be a lot of like wasted time a lot of tears unnecessarily shed uh over um a project that you can't figure out because you never took the time to flush the idea out mm-hmm. and uh, when i'll be working with clients um and even really uh when we'd be working with <laughs> actually oh my god <laughs> um with the riffraff thing it was <laughs> like getting his because that was a collaboration you know in a way um it was like working with you know maru sending me notes and we would be like sending riff sort of like versions and then getting his feedback and trying to like interpolate some of it where you know if you can imagine like like it's he's like on another level so it's like (laughs) you're like you're like really like honed in on like how do we like communicate as artists how does this work and a lot of this comes from here i'm just gonna draw it for you and it comes through in this like iphone photo on his you know marble purple marble countertop or whatever you know of like like a picture of like the layout of a page or whatever with like something in the corner and you're like oh okay i get it like this is what you want to do like you didn't even have to say anything all you needed to do is like draw like six lines in green highlighter or whatever and it's like all good um but i think that that's something that i've found to be really beneficial because a lot of people also when you work with them are like oh, i'm not really an artist but say you know i really want to i have these ideas i'm just not really an artist i'm like well that's not true i have like a whole thing that everybody's an artist but we're not going to get into that <laughs> but i was like <laughs> you know i'm always like hey just try just just i know you can draw stick figures i know you can draw squares and stuff just give me something you know and when i you know and that's like with like obviously with say like client but it's like when you work artist to artist the same kind of thing applies it's just you know always in a different context where um you know i always like to you know our sketching process uh working on i mean really every project i've worked on not just with like the mods and stuff or riffraff or any of those people is like um to me, sketching is such a broad term now where it's like, you know, you, you say free write, I say grab a bunch of images off of mm-hmm. Instagram and the internet and be like, I kind of like this and I kind of like that. I like this vibe. Yeah, like a mood board, 
Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like the agency guy in me coming out. But <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it does help kind of illustrate and sort of put together an idea because if you don't, if you don't have a direction um, and you're just kind of shooting in the dark, like you can't expect to be set, you know, ever hit it right or be satisfied or like have them be satisfied or the both of you at all. You know, it's never going to be like that. So there's always going to be this sort of sketching process, whether or not that's through words or conversation or, um, or drawings, you know, crappy drawings or whatever. Mm. It's like, that's gonna, that will like define the entire thing. Cause you know how it is. Like, you know, we all know how it is as, you know, designers and copywriters. And, uh, it's, if you have zero clue going in and they go, eh, just do whatever. And you're like, Doc, you can't, you can't just say that. Like yeah. this world has trillions and trillions of ways that I could make this happen right. for you. You can't, you have to help me, you know? And I think, man. yeah. And I think that, that uh, it applies with a artist and client relationship that applies with an artist and artist relationship that kind of goes across the board where it's like, what are we trying to do? Let's really define this idea and get it like, get the, the idea. Cause the idea is half the battle, man. It's so abstract. People forget to think about it. It's like this thing that's like very, um, uh, what's the word? Ethereal. Okay. Ethereal. I was going to say ephemeral. It's not right. Ethereal. Yeah. Like, you know, like you can't see it. It's just like out there in the there. And you're like, yeah. Right, like, right. oh, this is going to be this thing. And it's going to look like this. And it's like, in order to do that, you have to start describing it. It's almost like, oh, this is a great parallel. I hung out with this five-year-old <laughs> late, uh, recently. And it was like, she goes, she goes, Gorvin, Gorvin, you want to play a game? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to play a game. Fuck what's yeah, the game? little kid, yeah, I want to play a fucking yeah, game. Yeah, fuck yeah. What's the, <laughs> I was like, what's the game called? And she goes, it's called Guess What I'm Thinking. Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> really? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, how do I do that? And her dad's like, well, you just ask questions. And she'll say yes or no. And I'm like, okay, so is it an animal? No. Okay. Is it a object? No. So it's like, I had to go through this whole thing of this little five-year-old. And by the way, her things that she thought of were so crazy. Like, (laughs) so I'm like, how did you think of like a meerkat? Like, I didn't even know what that was until I was like 24. Um, You know, like whatever. So it's like, that kind of reminded me though of this sort of idea, this process uh, that we all go through, which is like, you know, what am I thinking of? Mm-hmm. Okay, it looks like this. How does it sound? How does it feel? What is, how do I feel when I look at it? How do, you know, um, what does it smell like? Whatever, you know, it's like the the process of, of inquiring. And when you have to do that to yourself, mm-hmm. it's totally overlooked because you're not used to having to ask yourself questions or, you know, uh, you think you have an idea, but you haven't really asked all the questions. You haven't really like been like, yeah, okay, well, to draw a tree what kind of tree you know is it tall is it fat is it green is it dead is it you know does it have fruit on it like i don't know so the the line of inquiry going inward i really do think that's kind of what we're we're talking about or even what i was revolving around when i was thinking about the free writing that process of looking inward to figure out what you want to articulate outward right Um, and i can't help but think of i just got back from a trip to denver we were shooting this craft series um, I've talked about a little bit on the show before, but mm-hmm. there's, man, 
uh, a film set, is, especially in like the modern sort of lower budget um, production world, the ethos mm-hmm. of of a lot of modern filmmaking is so DIY. And, oh yeah, and I, and I will say that n- nowhere have I really seen such insecurity. Like it's so obvious when someone feels insecure on a film mm-hmm. set, and right. I, and it's you know when you're talking about not feeling like you're an artist or feeling like an imposter. There, here's the thing. A lot of people feel that way, and I felt so fucking insecure on a film set right away. I think this applies across the board, whatever discipline we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the the thing about a DIY culture and a DIY uh, crew or attitude on any sort of project, and especially on a filmmaking project, is that there's pretty much always something that can be done. There's always something that can be done, and there's mm-hmm. always ways for you to add value. Um, Absolutely. But you just have to be willing to you have to be willing to learn, and you have to be willing to ask. Or you just have to be mm-hmm. willing to do whatever, and I feel like that's yeah. how you like fight through some of that insecurity. And I mean, yes. I, just, I just am remembering like, I, man, I had never even done any filmmaking back when I knew you. You know, like it, right, it was a while. Right. But I just remembered being so fucking insecure on these sets. But I would just keep showing up, and then at, at a certain point, you start to you start to figure out the language of the discipline, and then right. you start to figure out, oh, this is how you do this, and this is how you do this, and you get a little bit more confidence. And this that that idea is like so obvious in like every single discipline, every single like medium. It's like you start to learn the language, you start to see the parallels, mm-hmm. you start to build up um, an aptitude and an ability. Right. And then you make the thing. Yeah. Ta-da. But yeah, but yeah, isn't that kind of like a, a major part of DIY culture or DIY mindset is like farming confidence, finding it places, mm-hmm. recognizing right. patterns in ways you've learned it before. And like if you learn enough things enough times, you learning becomes easier and less scary. Mm-hmm. And so if you can that. recognize these patterns in, in the ways that you're learning new things, even though the thing you're, you're learning is totally new, parts of the learning process can be familiar and you yeah. can kind of mine confidence from that. Exactly. That's great. That's a great phraseology. Mining confidence. Confidence like miners. I like that a lot. <laughs> that's very true though. That's like a, that's a good way to um, articulate that. Cause hey, thanks man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for my, my book on ways to articulate coming out this fall. Um, <laughs> we're talking about Articulation. I got another. I got another A word, Grant. That I, I'm thinking of instead. God, I was that whole time. I was just picturing us like going on a one of those, one of those rides, those immersive rides where you're like on the log thing and you're going through the mine. That's all I could picture. <laughs> those those things that got really popular in like the late '90s, early 2000s, where you were like in a big box. And that there's a giant movie screen, and the box was like mm. tilting forward and backwards, mm. and it wasn't really oh, that right. immersive. That was the OG the augmented reality, man. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Okay, so I, Vince, I feel like I know the A word you were alluding to. Wow. Do you? Do you? Yeah. I, what, was it? what was it? I could it could it possibly be amusement? That's exactly what it is, Grant. Wow. And we'll drop in uh, probably some sort of cool ding, ding, ding sound. And then maybe <laughs> maybe a roller coaster screaming noise here. Because this week's off-topic topic, we're talking about amusement parks. We are sitting here with Gordy Land himself. He rebranded since I knew him back in Minnesota. But you, you leaned in. You got some blue hair. 
you lean into the Gordy Land idea, which I love, by the way. Hey, thanks. Yes. So you're using that as your moniker for just like artistic moniker? Yeah, well, pretty much everything. I, I actually, um, when I got hired, there was, um, I was sort of like, everyone's a little mindful of like being like, yo, I'm not my name. I'm this other name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I was like, you know, like the CEO of Girl was like, so what do you call yourself? Is it Eric or Gordy? And I was like, well, everyone calls me Gordy. And they're like, all right, it's Gordy. I was like, all right, cool. So it's like, you know, I actually put that on everything. Like when I make like technical packs for like building stuff and they're like, who's the designer? I'm like, Gordy Land. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, you know, so it's everything now because actually it's it's definitely an LA thing. Obviously, like I don't go home and people are like, hey, Gordy. But it's, um, it's kind of like in a funny way, it helped me overcome some of the insecurities that come with trying to uh, go out and just be something that you've always wanted to be or be something it's like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You can sort of, it's a, it's a guys. And right. actually Vince, I think we may have a first on the show. I think we just completed our off topic, off topic, topic <laughs> which was naming and branding. And right. it was the first version. It lives within the section of the show called the off topic topic. That's like those tiny stacking Russian dolls where there's a doll. We, we jumped off the ride for a second. We, hey, <laughs> Eric, what kind, of, what kind of rides are present at Gordyland? Well, um, right now, there's the, there's the 4D roller coaster, which is a roller coaster that goes, it uses time as a dimension for its like twists and turns. Um, oh, wow! That Wait, does it go back in time, or is it? Are you just talking about it's, the passage of time? It's basically like the way I look at it: is the fourth, the fourth dimension. Once we learn how to master it, it won't matter if it's backwards or forwards. It's just like you're just in it, you know. So it's like it's there's just, a book called Spaceland that I absolutely love, <laughs> and they introduced me to the new directions because, of course, like if you were a flatlander, if you were a two dimensional being, you would have no understanding of. Yes. Uh, front and back because yes. it's another dimension yes. um, and so us us 3 ears have no conception of uh, the fourth Vin, dimension yeah of Vin and Vout these other directions that we just yeah. sort of can't wrap our heads around <laughs> it's like uh, my buddy you know Tomas maybe not you know I Tomas do, of course Tomas right yes. Tomas Senior, my brother great friend one of the most amazing artists I know and, and great collaborator, uh, collaborator he and me were having this conversation about Saturn's hexagonal pole of course, of course. which is like this crazy like anomaly in, in it's the, like a giant in storm or whatever that's in a shape of a hexagon inexplicably yeah yeah and they say that wherever there's geometry there's life so that's already scary Damn. but at the other end there's this vortex that they also don't know what's going on it's like this crazy vortex so Tomas has this theory that it's like this uh, fourth or fifth dimensional planet and he's like and we can't really tell what's going on because he said in just exactly how you just said it grant he goes <laughs> imagine if mickey mouse was a sentient being and in 2d mickey mouse was looking up at you and asking you how to explain the third dimension you would have nowhere to start you have no groundwork there's nothing that you could say to say mickey there's this whole other dimension. <laughs> There's this whole you can you can go all these other places. You know, like it's never gonna work. Yeah. Um. You know. So I think that that's actually uh that's interesting. I don't okay. know like okay. how, how we got there. So but, you, you have know, a 4D yeah. roller coaster uh, in Gordy Land. Yeah. The, so that's, this idea of an amusement, this uh, this personification <laughs> of amusement park, which is also I, your artistic. I market. like it, man. So far, I'm yeah. Get a ticket. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
there's also a lot of different like there's also a lot of different creatures there's a lot of different like machines that like you won't find here you know like there's this one singing machine that helps your inner bird sing and it's powered by a reverse waterfall. Oh my god! So I, it's like I implore our listener to just uh, <laughs> pause this, go get high, and then rejoin <laughs> us. Get baked. I beg you. <laughs> you know, but you know, really though, Gordyland is like is a place. It's like a place. It's a person. It's an idea. It's a thing that like has helped me be like you know. Like you can, you can live wherever you want in your mind. You know, you can say and do and okay. create and and have whatever you want, whatever your little heart desires. You can make that happen and make it real. And as far as it's real to you, it is real to anybody. You know, awesome. and I think that that's like I think that that's like really the the staple of Gordylands. Like you know, like I'm like a huge fan of um, kids' tales and. Um, like weird like like off-cuff movies and shit yeah like fables and i was just talking recently a never-ending stories uh uh, it's in theaters right now back in la it's in it's in uh four uh was it the september 4th already gone so it's playing tomorrow so i'm trying to go tomorrow it's in downtown and they're like for some reason they're screening it again and i was just talking to a co a co-worker about how trippy of a concept never ending story is where basically the villain the antagonist is the nothing which is the lack of something which isn't anything because it's nothing and and that's the that's the villain right and so like that's like what a little kid has to wrap their mind around and they repeat it throughout the movie like yeah it's a, it's it's the nothing it's the lack of everything therefore it's nothing it's 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 uh there's nothing right and the whole preface is they're fighting the nothing and the whole end of the movie is that the way they rebuild the world is through dreams and through and through saying i think there should be a mountain range here boom there's a mountain range i think there should be a ocean made of gold it's like boom ocean made of gold and so like that idea i like love to carry with me because i think that that has something to do with like uh, uh, us, you know, and our like quest for cutting our own, you know, space in this world. And for me, when I was like started doing the Gordyland thing, I was like, I can make a 4D roller coaster. I can have the land serpent that can be on water and on land. I can have, you know, the fucking whatever, you know. I can have a spaceship that that has legs on it, you know whatever it doesn't, to dream, it doesn't matter friend. exactly and, you can do whatever you want and let us hearken back more and perhaps we can perhaps we can talk to a, a young vince a little a little boy vince and i he know can tell us i want to hear vince, vince could you tell us a little bit about your experience with amusement parks oh man <laughs> i i love them i have fond memories me and my family used to go to Noah's Ark Water Park. I oh, wish, wow. I think you were just there. I was yeah. just there shooting a, <laughs> shooting a lookbook for a yeah. swimwear company, which was very cool. Wow. God, I, I had not even thought about that until you mentioned this. Huh. Yeah, so I, we didn't go to too many amusement parks, but we went to that water park every summer, and it was it was really fun. It was a blast. It's Amusement parks are fun. They're like um, permission to be a kid, even to adults, which yes. sounds a little corny, but I think it's ultimately true. It's like what is really the sense of you just like getting in a car that shoots you down a giant hill 
or right. getting hit with a giant wave of water. There's like nothing to it except for to <laughs> activate the very primal fear and fun sensors in your brain and just jam on them. So I, I, li- yes. I like the whole concept of, of amusement parks. And I like your idea of like a dream a dream universe where like things come true. I think it's the 20th anniversary or the 30th anniversary of the never ending story. Yes. I think you're correct. I think it'd be the 30th probably because I'm turning 30. Holla. Yeah. What up? Dude, Um, I got to find you on your 30th. Let's celebrate together. Oh my God. It's going to be fun. I might actually be DJing that night. Sweet, man. What a way to celebrate. B2B? B2B, Gordy? What's up? I said B2B? Yeah. Should we hit him? Yup, I think so. Respect. Respect. <laughs> uh, it, it also reminded me of this book I read called The Lathe of Heaven. Have you guys heard of this one? No. No. It's like a it's like a, 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 a like a science fiction book that presumes certain people can dream something and it actually changes in our world. Whoa, I love this. I'm writing it down. What's it called? The Heaven Lathe? Or Lathe something? of Heaven by Ursula K. Le Guin. Oh, my God. It's like written Whoa. by an alien, too? <laughs> I think she, no, I think she's just a German woman, but uh, I mean, pretty close. Uh, it's, a, it's a really cool, fun, short read. It's like very much concept over, over function, but uh, I think you'd like it, man. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to look that up. I love, I love new books. Yo, yo, Mr. Spanier, what about your time at amusement parks? Do you like them? Uh, big fan. I will say, I actually had a funny flashback today in the middle of yoga. Uh, my teacher used, uh, you know, sometimes they'll, sometimes they'll explain um, a, a certain way to think about a, a stretch or a pose um, that will help you achieve it or um, sort of wrap your head around it. And she was talking today. She said something about, like, uh, reaching the crown of your head higher as if to um, try and be tall enough to get on a certain ride. And I like just started laughing. It was like the first time I think I've ever actually like legitimately laughed in class. And I was just like, what? And and then I just, I went rushing back through memories of being too fucking short and having to wear these giant sketchers. Cause I was so, so short growing up. Like, yeah. And uh, I would wear, I would wear these ludicrous shoes. Uh, at, at, just the platforms yeah yeah from ages uh, like i don't oh know it was God. probably like probably like ages like 10 to like 14 or something whenever i was trying you're like yeah dude like i'm tall it's but all yeah good. i was i was a huge yeah. fan of amusement parks um still still a fan i would say and uh, as as mentioned i was there a weekend ago shooting a lookbook which was so funny i mean it's it's a little bit t- the whole thing is a little bit like americana tongue-in-cheek uh, but it was a silly experience. I'm there with like, I'm there with like three s- models and like a couple other homies, and we're just like wandering around this f- water park with all these families and kids, just like shooting photos, trying, you know, low key. But it's like so silly. It was really, it was a, that was a cool experience though because I was like, man, this is super fun, and like no one else is shooting a lookbook here. I was like, this is, oh, like, yeah. this is so that weird. Rare. That's so <laughs> rare. It's like. You can go to you can go to certain certain spots out here, like in um in Malibu. There's this one beach called El Matador Beach, and like the going joke is like every time you go there, you're gonna be caught in like three or four photo shoots because yeah. it's just like all these Instagram babes like on the rocks, just ah, you know, like it's just like you know, like that's just the spot where everybody goes to do photo shoots, and there's like a few places like that, especially out here, and I'm sure like every city kind of has their staple spots, but like. 
a water park is yeah. not exactly up there. Yeah, you know? boy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and that's, hey, and you know what? That's part of DIY too, right? It is. Is, it is, is. finding like improvising oh, locations and improvising materials Making and improvising it. even techniques to, yes. to maintain or to reach a desired effect, right? Dude, yes. That was, oh my God, so glad you said that. And that, that I, Articulation Nation is forthcoming novel. <laughs> cannot wait for it. <laughs> oh my God. He makes sentence sound good. He make word together <laughs> strings them for better communicate. Oh my God. You know what though? When I was working at Phenom, shouts out Phenom, in uh, Minneapolis, I we did this this collection that was like inspired by the Southwest and sort of like the is that the spirit animal you know, stuff or was that yeah the... well actually spirit animal stuff was later uh-huh. but it was from actually it's from the same for me it was from the same ideation process yeah, yeah. I still like I can, I made that stuff within this process but it was all like very like textile looking patterns and like cool just sort of um, bold colors and. T- turquoise and red and orange and all that stuff and we made this like whole line of clothes and it was kind of inspired from like this moab southwest like you know grand canyon type area type thing and you know we're in minnesota obviously we're not out there so we're like how are we going to shoot this and so we ended up going to saint paul there's this little like cliffs like uh, i don't remember uh, what was the word for it like bluffs kind of like bluffs area in in St. Paul Mm -hmm. that you can kind of climb down and like it it looks sort of like you're in the Southwest, I guess, like except like the color of the rock is like different, right? So we like shot all this, like all the stuff um, on these rocks. And then in post, I went in, cut everybody out and I just like Hugh adjusted the rocks just like a little bit to make them redder. And Everyone thought we had gone to like Arizona. <laughs> I remember like, those I photos. I swear to God, we'll, yeah. We'll show us that. That's on your side, I know. But, yeah, that was uh, yeah. the Phenom by Southwest collection. Yeah, man, that's the there. Thing, it man. is, man. But, that's but what it's about. That, that doesn't happen unless you have some vision and you're exactly. you have a willingness to find a way. Yeah, because it's like, well, we could have been like, well, we're not up from out there. We may as well just shoot the clothes on the ground. It's like, nah, man, like make it work. That really, make was, it work. That really was the inspiration with my, even the thing that I wanted to shoot. I had this opportunity to shoot this really fucking beautiful lingerie and swimmer handmade stuff from this woman mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. And I was like, what, what do I have? And actually, man, this is, I think, a really really important and helpful question. Um, You you know, we're both from Minnesota and we both Mm -hmm. traveled pretty extensively. And I think we have ambitions outside of just the place we are. But what, what you can do is no matter where you are, no matter where you are, you can ask yourself, what, what does this place have that other places don't? Right. Um, And you know, what makes this unique and what makes me unique and how can I exploit that or take advantage of that in a good way, in a positive way to create something interesting? Cause there's, anywhere you are there's something interesting there's something unique there's something special or Dude, there's yeah. like a way to make yeah. it you know yeah exactly i think that yeah it's like kind of like counting your uh you know like what do i got going for me you know <laughs> like, like all right like so we're here we've got these things i know how to do these things so within this framework what can i do because there's always going to be something special it doesn't matter where you are you know and i think that I've, you know, I've traveled the country and I know, you know, you guys have definitely done your share of, 
of cross country sort of like soul searching, you know, or road trip and you're out there just like going through these states and it's like on tour, I remember, you know, we didn't really maybe spend a whole lot of time everywhere we went, but there was enough time to be like, whoa, even though we're in, you know, Kansas City, I would have never have seen this kind of thing anywhere else, Mm -hmm. you know, or I would have never seen this sort of like, I don't know, man. There's like the way that the the way that the earth is, you know, the kind of environment that you're in, uh, the way that people have responded to the environment, uh, and the way that people act within the environment is all so different everywhere you go, um, you know, in every part of the world. And there's always going to be something special, you know, and people forget as well that they are very special. <laughs> and then people come from like such diverse and like interesting backgrounds that like, you know, you might not think it's special, but like you should guess again. You know, you got something going there. You know? Man, what a what a morsel! What an absolute like sunny feeling to be left with. That's a, that is a great. I almost hesitate to ask you to talk anymore, Eric, because that was just that was just so positive. But I'm I'm gonna break the rules and just do it anyway. Hey, it's cool. Uh, we we like to wrap our show by asking our guests to answer two questions for us. Surely. So I'll I'll just hit you with the first one. How can our listeners support you, Gordyland? Wow. Well, um, like, oh, damn. I mean, where, where can honestly, find yeah, follow me. I think that that's probably a great place to start. Like, I was going to be like, I don't want your money. <laughs> but at the same time, I do want you to know what I'm up to because I'm, I'm planning on coming out with a few books uh, coming up here. Like, I'm doing an anthology of all my sketches and, like, um, Doing doing a bunch of like kind of self driven projects. I want you to be in tune with that. But I'm Gordy Land on Twitter. I'm Gordy Dot Land on Instagram. Apparently somebody else got the Gordy Land thing. I've been camping on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. <laughs> God damn it! Play your yeah. cards right, man. Those two places um, is where I end up the most. Hey, I have to warn you, my your... Twitter is absolutely unfiltered. Hey, yeah, you yeah. Find dude, some I, funny I was actually going to suggest you're, you're a pretty fun <laughs> follow on Twitter. There's a lot of characters going out. You know, I know each one has a maximum of 140, but there's going to be a lot of 140s popping off. Uh, um, and what's your site? Is it goryland.com? It's actually uh, gordy.land. Oh, I'm oh a yeah, that's futuristic guy. Yeah, www.gordy.land. So look at uh, ahead. I like that. I know, man. I'm that's way, a fourth dimension thing. I think it's worth it's checking out, man. Very, you got a lot of very, really cool work on there. Yeah, man. I actually redid it um, when I was trying to find find a job, and I was like, you know what? I want to make this something I'm proud of. I think that that's something. You know, as creatives, we forget that that's like a thing. You know, it's like you can't just do the work. You have to make it look tight. You have to make people go, oh, wow, that's sick. Like you have to give them something juicy, you know. So I put a lot of work into that site and I think that it showcases like a large majority or or a large um, whatever scope of my my work. So the breath and the depth of the Gordon work. I'm not plugging myself here, but I did just finish that process. Um, I haven't like posted about it yet, but uh, oh, good. you should, you good should check, you, it, check it out, man. Slash grant.com. Got a, hey. got a new one up there. Maybe. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Yeah, you can get there at Gordy.land or EricGorvin.com. They, they both That the redirect? You got the yeah, redirect? Yeah. What? Hell oh, my yeah, God. Dude. He's playing I'm the redirect point. game. I'm on point. Get out of here. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> hey, Vinny, uh, do you have any other questions for him? Or would you say that? Yeah, that was the second one? question. I got exactly one more. Uh Mr. Gorvin, yes, Gordy, if you would like our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, 
what would you want that to be? It would be that you can fucking do it. <laughs> you can do it, man. Well said, we, man. We, started with, we started with a Nike story. We, we ended with the Just Do It, basically. We've been revolving around it the whole time. It is, kind know, of, it is the underbelly there's, difference. there's a difference, right, between you can do it and just do it. Like, just yeah. do it is bad. You can it do is. it. It's like, is is encouragement. It's a pat on the back. It's like it a, is. It's to say that no one is ill-equipped, and that people, you know, that these these demons that we build in our minds are not real, and that the kind of um, that you are like your own sort of savior, and you are your own uh, biggest fan, and to never forget that you're capable of infinite things and you have infinite qualities that make you special and that anything you want to do you can do it you know so Hell that's my well, shit oh fuck man that's yeah dude <laughs> hey, thank, hey thank you dude you're you're a really generous dude i i uh and, you know even just for me artistically i i think looking back at our relationship it's you've been so helpful in in pushing me and in supporting me and definitely uh, yeah, man thank you for keeping that message alive hey for, man uh, sharing your stuff with us Thank you. Vince, it's, can I can I ask him the last question? Great. You, you get to I, be my honor to give you the honor. <laughs> oh, wow. Look oh, at us. Wow. We're, we, we're some courteous so nice. boys on this show. Let me tell you. I love it. Uh, Eric, we alluded to this mentality, this philosophy earlier. Yeah. We like to wrap the show every time by saying the same thing, and that thing is ship it. I'm wondering yeah. if you could give us a Gordyland ship it. <laughs> Like like a soundbite? <laughs> uh, I mean, audio is preferred. Don't, don't write it down. No, I mean, you can write it, it down, but it'll be Great less usable. Ship it. All right. Everybody out there, ship it. <laughs> <laughs>